Good morning. Good morning. You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands all right good morning folks for some reason i can barely hear my speakers today Hey, hey, Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. There we go. What's going on with my speakers? They're super low. Hmm. Hmm. The right ones are selected. They're just seem, uh, in, like really, really uh, low. I don't know if it's your filter, but you. Huh, strange. How are you? Dressed up today. Are you dressed up? Can you hear us? Hello, one, two. Check oh, yeah, one. Two. Okay. Testing one, two. Yeah, it looks like the physical speakers need to be adjusted a bit. Can you hear us? I can hear you loud and clear now. Okay. You look dressed up today. Um, a little bit. So I got a meeting after work. I, I mean, after work. <laughs> a meeting after the show. Well, that is work. <laughs> so, yes. That absolutely. is what you do. Absolutely. All right, step by. We're going to go live on KISS FM. Yeah. <clears throat> Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Hi, good morning, good morning. How is everyone? We are good. What do you got for us for headlines this morning? Uh, Aaron, first of all, welcome back. We missed you. Thank you. I was uh, over in Little K-Man with uh, all the lovely people and beautiful scenery over there. Beautiful. So, I love it there. I do. Mm-hmm. It's just so pretty. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, today's headlines include some sort of incident at um, John Gray High School yesterday that had a lot of parents um, concerned and confused. Well, it looks like an, a student, an, a former student, returned to campus to try to settle a score on behalf of his younger sibling, his younger sister. So, yeah, not the best idea. So he shows up with his pregnant girlfriend, and um, to the best of my knowledge, he's actually been arrested. Mm. Um, So an altercation, the school hasn't given much in the way of details, so it was kind of like left up to the students to try to contact parents to let them know what was going on. Um, Initially, the, the kids were saying that there was reports of a stabbing. Eventually, the school confirmed that that part wasn't true it seems like one of the parties may have actually had a knife on them. What was the, so, uh, what was the geez. score to settle? Was it uh, having thing to do with the pregnant Little girl? teenage girls um, fighting over only God knows what. Um, I've got a bit more of the, of the background information, but it seems like a case of bullying that um, has just gotten out of control. 
Mm. So mm. Hopefully the authorities. Can eye for an eye. eye. No. No. <laughs> hopefully yeah. the authorities can get that can get that sorted sort of out. Yeah, not worth it. I know. It's it's yeah. These young kids need to understand a little thing or two about consequences. Yeah. So the former pastor of Red Bay Church of God has um has passed away. So we want to extend our condolences to Reverend Robert Bob Thompson Jr. And um, he served in the Cayman Islands for some 25 years. So a lot of people might remember Pastor Bob. He was 71 years old and living um, in Missouri at the time of his passing on Saturday. Mm. So yeah. 71, still little, little seems, young. Seems a little young, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah but, I mean, you know, we keep pushing the envelope in terms of age, but yeah, 71. Okay. The airport connector road has been causing a bit of stir and controversy on uh, other platforms and um, the NRA has reached out with a clarifying statement in terms of uh, exactly what's going on. So it seems like people were blaming um, a slight delay on the piping works and it's not quite a hundred percent accurate. So really what's going on is this is a, a complex project um, and the piping was made even more complex because it has to go there is a dike that it has to go over, what's called the MRCU dike. And so the scope of that project, once they put it out to bid last year, um, they realized it was actually quite a bit more involved from a technical perspective. And so that has delayed the process because they have to um, re-tender re the whole bidding process. So a slight delay there, but this airport connector road is gonna be a massive project. They're actually doing it in two separate sections. Um, from the Esterly Tibbets to what's called the Alley B Road and then Alley B to Sparky. Mm. So the NRA has just been really, really busy. But we'll go into some of the details of that project um, here on the morning show. Oh, so, so that I was, I've been trying to figure out where that road yeah. is going to connect. So it's the one over um, between the dump and CIS, right? So you're going to come off that little roundabout right. and that can and then that, go over. That's going to connect to Sparky. Yep. Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we've actually got it. I'll, I'll send you a little map later on, but yeah, we've got a little map of exactly where there, it's going to happen. Yeah, there does need to be some traffic, like yeah, more more ways to get in there for uh, re traffic relief in that area. Well, for that'd be sure. super helpful. Yeah, because right now you got to go all the way up to the Butterfield Roundabout yeah. at Altice. Yeah, there you go. This is okay. a, this is a connector road. Right. So it is a massive project as roads go, and that little portion that you see in red that's the um, that's going to be the MRCU dikes. And mm -hmm. so that's requiring a bit more on the technical side than they had initially in anticipated. So, yep. So Cayman track and field athletes uh, ranked in the top 10 in the world. So a big shout out to um, Jaden Reed, who's 16 years old, and uh, Devante Howell. Devante is ranked eighth in the World Athletics website, and Jaden is actually ranked number one. So these young men are doing really, really well. Um, they are track and field. Uh, I think they're, they're runners, 100 meters. Um, and so, yes, congratulations to them. That's they're awesome. both going to be participating in Carifta, of course. How old are um, they? One, one was 16. And one 16. And the other one, we don't seem to have an age up for him. Mm -hmm. I'll have to see if I can double check how old Devonta is, but probably around the same age, I would guess. Oh, um, super so, cool. Maybe future Olympians. Yes, doing extremely well. Um, so... Congrats to both of them. So they're going to be performing. Um, it says here that Howell goes to, um, he's in Fort Myers at the Dunbar High School 
track where he competed last week, actually at the in the 200 meter. So yeah, they run the 100 meter, 200 meter, four by 100 relay in Carifta, um, getting ready for next month. Yeah. So fantastic. I mean, K-Man could use like a Usain Bolt, mm, you know, yeah. character. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm fast. That'd be awesome. No, just kidding. Yeah. I'm you imagine? Fast. Yeah. Yeah, um, these kids, are, these kids yeah. are good. Um, so the police had a huge operation on Friday. We actually, as it was happening, we were getting some of the details of it. And um, they have made a number of arrests. I mean, like a lot of people got arrested. So this particular, um, this is Archie's again in town. You know, mm -hmm. this bar is always getting raided. Uh, there's always a lot of gambling that happens at that, in the vicinity at least. And so um, even surrounding businesses have been complaining to us about it uh, in more recent times. But nine people have been arrested in relation to numerous offenses and one man in particular for an... I a firearm offense, but everybody from a 20, no, a 19 year old, all the way up to a 67 year old, uh, illegal gambling and operating a common gaming house. <laughs> so they will have to, to speak to that. But yes, a total of nine individuals arrested. Mm. And in other police news, um, there is a man who has been posting social media videos. He's actually been going live and doing a lot of things that you know, very, very concerning. So he posted one last week alleging to have committed a crime uh, of indecent assault. And, um, you know, essentially now he's been arrested for um, a mental health, uh, under the mental health law for potentially being a danger to himself and others, as well as indecent exposure, because he did, in fact, expose himself in his last video. Mm. Uh, well. Yeah. So. Okay. You know, one that made it easy to arrest the guy, uh, but two also get him the help that he needs. Hopefully, yeah. so yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. But yeah, those are your news headlines today. All righty, Sandy. All righty, yeah. Well, looking forward. Uh, your countdown is on. Less than a, a week until That's you are on the radio, right? I Next know. Week. We're still aiming for the twenty eighth. Next Monday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be wow. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So far. So far. Looks like Monday for you. <laughs> oh, we've got all yes. the equipment ready. So Every, everybody's excited. People are already starting to use the phone line. So you know, we get the phone line with the board and everything set up. So people have been using that to call in and good. Yeah, we're 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 ready. All right. Well, have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow Thank on the show. You. Have a good one, guys. All right, you too. Oh my gosh, I feel like it's Christmas. I'm so excited. Uh, good morning. I got on a new filter today with a little bit of glitz and glamour. Look at look at that. Filter in the eyes. Wow. Isn't that crazy? We really like, listen, having to not put on makeup, but look like you have on makeup <laughs> worth a million dollars. Um, all right. So Buenos Diaz. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Y'all what's shaking. We got a lot. To what? We got a lot to talk about this morning. Um, uh, 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 uh. I'm just trying to catch up on this story here about this um, guy. So I hope you guys had a wonderful sleep last night. I'm still pushing myself to try to um, get to bed by a relatively decent hour. It didn't really uh, go as well, last night, because I still was up till midnight, 
I think I was in my bed by like maybe 11.45. But anyway, um, yes. So, yeah, this, this guy with NP, some exposure, this is so crazy. Anyway, we'll talk about that here in a second, but I wanted to um, address a few things by way of clarification this morning. So first of all, buenos dias to Marshall. Oh my gosh, in less than a week, we're going to be on Bobo, on the radio. Where's my water? I don't even have water this morning. All right, let me let me try to organize. I was so early in the studio this morning, and I'm still standing here with no water. So let's let's enjoy a little bit of um, our beloved uh, Isle Cayman, and let me grab some water, and then we're gonna jump right into the conversation. folks welcome back welcome back um good morning to marshall good morning catherine virtuous is here of course ervalyn has always got it locked thank you for your support 
Tracy, morning, uh, Miss Iva, sending her condolences to Brother Bob's family. Um, she says he was a great man, rest in peace. Um, Jonathan says that road is gonna be super helpful when it's completed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, all they have to know is connect the bridge to it. Y'all be asking for stuff that you have no clue what it takes in terms of money, not even the rest of it. But good morning um, to Damien. Damien says, by the way, how's Lavelle doing? Is she dancing um, up at Fairbanks? She's actually on bail and she's just been chilling. I think she's listening to her lawyer because I think her lawyer's kind of like, listen, um, you're soon going to have no one representing you if you keep this, this up. Because, you know, um, you got to listen to your lawyers sometimes, folks. And uh, honestly, Amelia is a straight shooter. So it is what it is. Um, you know, I think, let's mm, not even go down that, that rabbit hole, Damien. But she's been chilling. Emma, good morning. Um, fastest nine years. We had one, but she wasn't getting the best. Who, who are we talking about? Oh, Michaela McLaughlin. We lost her to Texas. Is she still at Texas? You know, Cayman has, listen, we're a small island, so I don't expect us to ever probably have a um, Usain Bolt, but, you know, never, never say never for sure. And talent can pop up in the most unusual ways. I mean, look, we have a kid who's uh, Aaron Jarvis, who's going to the Masters. Who would have ever known? We don't even have like tons of golf courses here, but you know, he's like, hey, a golf course is kind of a golf course once you start playing on it. So that's uh, pretty amazing. Um, so you just never know. But we have we have good, I feel like we have good talent here. And a lot of it is just trying to give our young people the opportunity to hone their talent, to hone their skills. Good morning, uh, Miss Brenda. Good morning, uh, Bishop. Uh, Hero Blair. Felicia's here. Tommy, good morning to you. Uh, Emma's already counting down to Christmas. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> 277 sleeps. That's still a ways off though. You sound like my daughter now though. She's like, my birthday's coming soon. I said, well, it's March and your birthday's in August. So I guess that's soonish, but not really soon. So, you know, she's been counting folks. Uh, she's coming along with the counting. And so now she's like six and six is 12. I'm like, girl, you might be a mathematician yet. <laughs> um, so she's sitting there counting in her little fingers. Do you guys remember when you had to do that as a kid? Her birthday. So she's like, mom, okay, we're in March. And then it's April, May, June, July, August. I'm like, yes, five months. My birthday's in August too. So Cheryl and Jake, Jake, where have you been? Are you vacationing again? Good morning, Dale. Uh, Cheryl. Um, so let's jump into the conversation. So there's a couple of things that I want to talk about this morning. Um, so first of all, let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. So first of all, let's talk about the situation with the NRA. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. And it looks like what happened is there's a bit of misinformation out there. And, um, you know, I think some people, I believe CNS did some kind of article and people were commenting based on the CNS article and they kind of were getting it wrong in terms of what the slight delay might be. Now, let me preface my comments by saying the following. 
when these road works are undertaken, these are massive projects, especially for the Cayman Islands. But even for other jurisdictions, you know, these projects are, um, I mean, other jurisdictions might have multi-million dollar projects. They do bridges, they do all this stuff. So they have a wealth of experience. But from the perspective of project management, I don't want us to underestimate what it takes, right? So to be quite frank and honest, it is often the case, folks, that these types of projects are delayed. That's actually nothing unusual. It's quite ordinary. And um, what I would say is don't always jump to be that negative Nancy who thinks that we know everything and we are running the NRA and we know how to tell them how to do their jobs. Because if we were to be honest, none of us know anything about roadworks. We come up with these fancy ideas. Oh, we should put in a bridge here. We should do a tunnel here. We should do an overpass. We, you know, just because you hear it somewhere on some other, um, you know, location, somewhere half around the world, you think now that you're an expert and you know what's going to work in terms of roadworks in the Cayman Islands. Well, not only do most of us have no clue what's actually involved in roadworks, especially from a technical perspective, but even from a project management perspective, we are quite frankly clueless. Now, I never want to say that I am an expert, folks, because I am no expert. Uh, I know a little bit about um, a lot. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily uh, have a problem trying to share what I know and what I understand. But most of the time, folks, I am in absolute learning mode. I believe that we have to listen. And we have to listen to the experts and we have to try to learn. Yes, you can ask questions, of course. That's part of the learning process. But I think what ends up happening is a lot of us get confused that we are the ones who are actually the experts when we're not. So that's a little bit of an issue. And, um, you know, there is a, there is a, there's sort of two competing things that are happening here. One, the continuation of building of roads isn't going to solve our problems. So we will have to look at other mitigating factors when it comes to um, traffic, alleviating traffic, right? Every major city in the world has this issue and they're all trying to figure it out, right? You go to Miami, you guys know what the traffic is like, not just rush hour, but all the time, uh, you know, communities were built and um, neighborhoods and planning went on that didn't necessarily plan that far ahead. Uh, you know, building out communities, how, how many people are going to ever be in this area? Can we kind of estimate that? And then, you know, what sort of road infrastructure are we going to require? So Cayman has been a bit behind in the sense that I feel like for many, many years, we were not hyper focused on um, trying to push a comprehensive development plan. And this has not, it's not done us any justice at all. And we see some cracks in the system where this hasn't worked. And to some extent, you've got to blame your political arm for that because that's their responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the NRA to fix your traffic problems. The NRA has a, a specific remit uh, when it comes to road works and road safety. And those are the things that they are tasked and responsible for. A lot of the higher level planning folks is supposed to come from your politicians. Those are the people that you're hiring. 
that you have hired, that you have elected to do a particular job. And if they don't do that job for 10, 15, 20 years, uh, the NRA is coming behind, trying to patch, trying to add access ways, trying to add roads. And it's always going to be a catch-up game, unfortunately, right? So I get it that we are catching up. Even when we look at the DART um, uh, facility there, Kamana Bay, right? Look at how Kamana Bay has been built out over the last 10 years. And then this road is going to go in that's going to alleviate a lot of that. So this, this airport uh, connector road, right? Did anybody think, well, why didn't this road go in as Kamana Bay started over 10 years ago? Why did we have to wait 10 years in with Kamana Bay now being a, as massive as it is? And here's, here's the thing that a lot of you guys don't know. Uh, I know this because I know people way back in the day who worked at the DART organization when he first came to Cayman and when he was in Merco Center, his headquarters was upstairs in Merco and it was just like a little office, um, you know, just getting started. And can I tell you that even then this man had a 30 year plan? I actually got a little glimpse this way back in the day. I can't tell you, I hope remember a whole lot, but I do remember it being a massive 30 year plan for what his intentions were. Now, I'm sure over the years it's been tweaked and things have been added to, but as is usually the case, if you go into a situation without a plan, what's the saying? No plan, you plan to fail. At least he had a plan. He had an idea of exactly where he was going with his acquisitions, with his build out and with his projects. And it included uh, a lot of what you're seeing the retail side of Caymanan Bay, the residential side, all the business offices and so on. So the mere fact, for example, that there has been a mass exodus from Georgetown and we had to then put in a Georgetown revitalization committee is quite frankly astonishing that people are sitting back acting like that is something so incredibly unusual. Because why would that be unusual when had you been looking at DART's 30-year plan you would have seen that from the onset. This is where your elected officials simply don't have a whole lot of insight into what they should be doing. So they're kind of just, you know, coasting along. And as a result, a lot of we, the people, are also coasting along if you're simply not paying attention. Project management. I want to talk about the concept of project management. It is um, massive, folks. And when I say massive, I mean, listen, there are people who become experts in the field of project management and they still don't know it all. And if you've all, if you've ever taken a simple project management course, you will understand the technicalities of managing any size project, much less some of these larger scale, medium to larger scale projects that are undertaken. So Sari says no insight to the future. Well, insight, listen, it, it can be a killer. And um, you have to have a collaborative private and public sector meeting of the minds in terms of how this country is going to be built out and what the future of this country looks like. Right now, I saw some plans the other day, some preliminary plans for where the, um, what's it called? Um, SEC, the Special Economic Zone is gonna be going in South Sound pretty much. And already the South Sound residents are like, oh, hold on a second. They're going to be accessing the special economic zone campus from our, our entranceway, possibly. It's in talks. It's in negotiations. 
Uh, there's an entrance coming off of Fairbanks. So I'm not here to tell you guys that I am an expert in any of this. What I'm here to say is that I understand that the scope of some of these projects is really quite massive and beyond the average comprehension of most people. Having said that, I respect anybody who does projects because listen, have you ever have you ever looked at what's required to get a project management certification, for example? Well, many years ago I did. I was looking at the PMI. Um, and you know, there's all sorts of methods to get there if you want to do a PMP certification. And let me just say that it is it's not it's not easy. And so when I hear people criticize the NRA, and there was a sign last week that was you know, I thought the sign itself was funny where they kind of had it like go left and it was actually going right. But then people want to say, well, everybody who works at the NRA, oh, they're all stupid. And to be quite frank, um, that is far from the truth. Right. They rely, they themselves rely on expertise from overseas. Sometimes they will travel overseas to have a look at new and emerging materials that are better for the environment, that are better for road safety, that, you know, will last longer. They are, um, you know, meeting with industry professionals to see, is, are there solutions that they haven't considered? So this whole concept of let's just build a bridge over the North Sound, ooh, that sounds so incredibly easy. Like, that's like adding an extension to your house. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you guys have ever even built a house, you will know, and that's a small project, right? But you'll know the headaches and all the things that can go wrong at every imaginable st stage of the project. So this expansion, I want to show you guys this on the map. This is a little bit of what's happening here. People think this is, oh, this is super easy. Just throw the road in. And maybe to a certain extent, the NRA themselves underestimated um, what this would take. So there's going to be two portions to this extension project, folks. And um, as projects go, sometimes you've got to divide them up um, into manageable sections. So section one is going to run from Alley B Road um, to, let me just get the name of the roads correct. So it's going to be running from Alley B Road to, um, sorry, from Esterly Tibbetts which is where the green is on the far left, Esterly Tibbetts to Alley B, and then from Alley B to Sparky, okay? Now, um, the first section, they've already purchased the piping and everything for it, and that's going to be, I guess, getting underway shortly. The, the bit of this project that makes it more complex is this proposed drainage culverts. So you see where the little four red lines are? That's what's referred to as the MRCU channel or the MRCU dike. And what that required, and this is one of the reasons there, there is going to be a slight delay because they've got to put this back out to tender. So my sources have shared that last, um, last year, May, they had put it out to tender. So there's two, two parts of this. Part number one is you purchase the actual pipes, right? So you get the, the culvert, you purchase the piping. That has been done. An American company is um, supplying that. They are experts out of Missouri in the supply of, um, you know, fire protection products, sewage uh, and water piping out of St. Louis. It's called Core in Maine, and they're headquartered in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. So they have provided that for the project. 
The second part of it is actually the installation of the piping. So they're not in the business of the installation of the piping. That's a whole other <clears throat> project on its own. And so um, that has gone out to bid. It went out to bid last year. Um, I believe it was May of 2021. When it went out to bid, uh, based on what feedback they received from the experts, because again, listen, the guys are at the NRA, they may know roads, but they may not know in a dike, what do we have to do to put a road over a dike or through a dike or, you know, what is that required? They might have a generalist idea of what that requires. But when you start getting into specifics, folks, it's a whole other cup of tea, quite literally, right? So they put it out to tender and then they recognized based on the, uh, the feedback that they were getting once it went out to tender that, ooh, wow, this is a massive project. The scope of this project, you know about project scope, right? Now we're going to talk project project management language a little bit. They were like, the scope of this project is a lot bigger than we anticipate. Hmm. So we've got to go back to the drawing board. And the cost, because the scope of it is bigger than they anticipated, the cost is likewise bigger than they anticipated. And so what that means, folks, is when they had to go back to the drawing board, they now have to put together what's called a business case. Because in the Cayman Islands, when you're putting stuff out to tender, if it's over anticipated to be over a certain amount, you have to be much more specific. You have to you know, do a business case. You've got to do the whole RFP. You've got to the tender process changes, right? And it kind of reminds me of, you know, the situation recently with the lateral flow test where that wasn't actually put out to like a full tender. And a lot of people are like, oh, why wasn't that done this particular way? And they were like trying to read into that and something shady is going on. It's not really that, is just that when it falls under a certain amount or you only have one or two suppliers, even on island or it's an emergency situ situation, this is where y'all need to read your laws because the procurement law allows you to do certain things in certain situations. So if it's a smaller project, you don't have to put it out to tender. You know, if there's only three companies on island that can even offer that service, you might reach out to each individual company, again, if it's an emergency medical um, provision situation, and you can say, listen, we need a million LFTs. Uh, can you just send us a quote for that? It doesn't have to go through the official bidding process um, of, of the whole RFT and whatever, right? So I feel like, uh, and I know that this is exactly what happened initially in this instance, they thought that the scope of the project was yay. And then once they started to get the bids and the actual professionals were saying, this is all that's going to be required. It was like, ooh, pump the brakes. The scope of the project is actually this big, not this big, it's this big. And that's a big difference, right? So now uh, the NRA has had to go back and they are, um, I think the business case is, is near completion or it should be completion. And then they're going to have to put this back out to tender um, for starting next month, they're going to start to be accepting bids for the roadworks. And in, and for the, not the roadworks, but the piping um, of that portion over the MRCU channel, right? That's the dike area. So in fact, there are only a couple companies on island that have done this type of work and that could even realistically bid on doing it. And I'm sure that you will have overseas companies bidding on this as well, who would have a plethora of experience. This is the sort of thing you only get one opportunity to get it right. I don't know who will win the bid, but I'm sure one of the important things that they will have to look at, folks, is how much experience even the local companies have had 
um, with dealing with dikes. And because let me tell you, let me just give you a basic idea of what has to happen. They have to actually um, dewater the dike. Now, trust me when I tell you, I don't even know what the hell, I don't even know how you dewater a dike, <laughs> but you got to drain it. You got to dewater it. And there would be a certain way in which you do that. The piping then has to um, go in and then you have to backfill um, that dike in order to build the road on top of it. So um, sounds like a lot more complex than we think. This isn't me just going out there with a backhoe or a shovel and I'd be like, oh, I'll dewater the bike, the dike for you. Let me just get my house um, vacuum and I'll pump out the dike. And I feel like sometimes when we, the general public, look at projects and we don't really know what the hell we're talking about, we look at it from a very simplistic perspective and we wanna give an opinion because again, we're all experts, right? We're all Google experts. And so we wanna give an opinion on these massive projects, not even knowing what they involve. And I think sometimes when we're on platforms, um, even on this show, giving an opinion that sometimes we can actually insult the real professionals because they're like, y'all don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> you know, we always invite the professionals on the show. Like if they want to come in and break it down, the technical aspects of this project, they can certainly do that. Most experts will speak to you at a level, hopefully that you can understand. So they're not going to go into all the technical aspects of this project and pull out all the schematics and talk about, you know, now they actually have to do a, um, a geo, oh gosh, what's it called again? It is a geotechnical study, right? To con confirm what the ground conditions are and if they can even facilitate the anticipated roadworks that will be ongoing. All of this stuff, you know, the, the type of material that is currently there, it's a type of, of marl, um, literally the marl road, folks. Uh, the silty marl and, and, you know, is that going to be able to sustain building the road and the type of traffic that's going to be on it? Are you going to have these massive, um, what do you call the holes that just pop up every so often? Like all these things are considerations at a more technical level, I assure you, that they have to um, really fully consider and they're experts who have to contribute their portion to the business case, right? Uh, it's anticipated that that project is not going to be started for at least 12 months. So I think what happened is CNS jumped on the story and I, I haven't read the CNS story, so I don't even know what they said, but there was some contention that the CNS didn't quite get it right in terms of what they were saying. And that was leading to people making comments in the comment section um, who also were all experts, they're all road experts because um, they went to the Google Road School and got their little Google Road School certificate. And they likewise haven't gotten it right. You know, I, I think that a lot of times uh, people do well not to read comments <laughs> on a lot of things that are posted. I myself don't read a whole lot of comments. In the beginning, when I start to see my RB on there, reading all the comments, and you kind of get, this is just human nature, you get a little obsessed with what people are saying and what people are thinking. I have 90% passed that stage. Now, that doesn't mean you can jump up on social media and be lying on people and getting, you know, misinformation because that's when you get yourself in legal trouble and you'll get as a lawsuit really quickly. But everybody has an opinion. What do they say? Opinions are like what? And everybody's got one. So somebody's opinion at some point, you've got to recognize when you're in certain businesses that those opinions just don't matter. You know what I mean? So yesterday, I'll give you an example on a more personal level. Y'all bear with me now. So yesterday, two people sent me this. 
And um, they said that someone was commenting on, um, I guess it's, uh, it must be CNS again, based on how the comments look. That And the thing about CNS is people can comment anonymously, which gives them a lot of protection is what they think, right? So they can get out there, they can spew lies, they can say whatever they want. And, um, you know, ooh, 16 people like it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, it's everybody's opinion. So have a look at this, because this, this kind of made me chuckle. And I got to tell you, my response, maybe even maybe even five months ago would have been different. But here's um, three comments. Um, CMR usually gets all the breaking news, but Sandra apparently hasn't heard about this yet. Then we have, can't write anything bad about PAC when they pay your salary. I'm not sure why they need GIS when they're paying CMR to make everything PAC does like they are doing a good job. Meanwhile, the dirty dealings are all around. What is Wayne thinking? Then it goes on to say Sanders brought, bought and paid by for and paid for by Wayne Panton. New studio equipment cleared all court matters and fees associated. And Mr. DMS has given her radio station and has her own and has her on payroll. Sandra not going to bite the hand that feeds her. So first of all, folks, people like this have no concept of what is actually accurate and what is actually true. Now, I suspect this is like one person. This is probably Cayman hearsay. Let me just be very honest. Andre rides for um, the progressive governments harder than I ride for PAC government, that's for sure. And the end goal, listen, I'm all about telling y'all the truth, right? So I want y'all to pay attention now. Listen very, very carefully. The end goal here, folks, is the election cycle will be here before you know it. He came out here say was set up, this is my personal opinion, and I don't think I'm far off, in order to give the progressives what they think will be their golden egg. They want a CMR version during the election of something else. It ain't going to be the compass. God knows they're on the outs. Um, if they're around by the next election, I would really be surprised. If they're around by next year, I'm going to be surprised. Right. So that ain't it. We have no radio station. We have nothing else. So during the election, um, came out here, say Andre was, you know, in bed with the progressives. At first, he was providing support for other people because like, oh, I've got a platform. I've got, you know, I don't even know how many people on his platform, but, um, you know, he was helping out Alric and other people. And then Barbara and David and the progressives come along and they dumped everybody else and said, oh, we're going to ride with the progressives. You can do whatever you want. This is this is a world of business. So that's exactly what they did. Oh, sorry, Alric. We can't promote any of your meetings or anything anymore because now we're 100% progressives. And they have gone in. They have dug their heels into the whole progressive camp. Are they actually progressive members? I wonder if they've joined the membership because I feel like they haven't. But anyway, uh, so they've really dug in deep, right? So their end goal is to try to compete with us. Knock yourselves out, honey. Competition is great. Um, I don't see y'all as competition, but you know, whatever. And um, they want to be in a position where, oh, we're going to have this, we're going to have 60,000 plus followers. I think we're at over 63,000 on Facebook now, but we're going to have that many followers. And then we can promote your, you know, they're selling this narrative to the progressives. And in the meantime, what is happening is two things they're doing. They are promoting progressives every minute they get, oh, the progressives are doing great. The progressives have said this, the progressives said that. Meanwhile, Alden can't be found anywhere but on the farm most days. And um, secondly, the narrative that, oh, you can't trust Sandy because she's in the PAC camp. And this is really important that I do address this because 
although it's completely not true, there'll be some of you fool enough out there to believe it, right? And so they're trying to undermine my credibility by saying, oh, Pat, government has me in their back pocket. Now, here's the problem with that. First of all, if it's not true, you got a problem, as far as I'm concerned, right? So the first statement says, CMR usually gets all the breaking news, but Sandra apparently hasn't heard about this yet. Mm, actually, we don't get all the breaking news. Do we get probably 90% of it? That would be a fair comment to make. There are news, there are things that happen in this community that we get scooped by all the time. So the compass still occasionally, very occasionally, but occasionally nonetheless, they will get a story and they will scoop us on something. I'm like, damn, how did the compass get that? That's just the nature of the business, folks. Um, as a matter of fact, let me just go on their website and see if they've scooped up on anything today. <laughs> I don't normally read anybody else, um, you know, what they're up to and what they're doing. Because one of the things I have found is that I don't want to be like stealing people's ideas. I don't want to take, like, if I read something, you know, and then you try to write a story afterwards, their words, the way that they've like written it seeps into your brain. And I don't ever want to be tainted by anybody else's style or how they do things or whatever. So honestly, I really, 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 really try um, not to uh, look at other local news platforms. I get my news, like international news, whatever. People send me stuff. I'm like, okay, I got to get on top of the story, that sort of thing. So we don't get all the breaking news. So even that first statement, I was like, y'all are so petty. Like, it's just like, come on. You know, so apparently um, Wendy, and I, I still don't know what the story is because I have not been on CNS and I couldn't tell you when. So she must have put up some story. I heard somebody saying something about... Um, it has something to do with some allegation about, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's directly NRA or Roadworks or something, but there's some allegation about misuse of government materials or something. Now, I actually understand that, that Wendy probably got the story wrong because even the photo that's in the story where it says, oh, this was the property that was cleared or whatever is the wrong, it's not even the property that was cleared. So someone has gotten the information all mixed up. I don't know all the facts yet, and I'm working on getting the facts, by the way, so that we can dissect what this is all about. Um, you know, Wendy, she scooped us on, remember the story with the Auditor General's report? So there's a lot of things that Wendy, I saw her in court on Friday, and I said, Wendy, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? She's like, eh. I can't really be bothered with court stuff anymore. I don't have time for court stuff. It doesn't really interest me. I'm more into like digging up stuff on the on the government, looking at these reports that will take her a while to read and to dig into. So we do have slightly different, like we do things differently. I'm into court stories and I try to go as often as I can. As a matter of fact, I have to go today and read a court file. So, you know, she no longer has time for that. She no longer has an interest in court stories. If you notice the hung jury the other day with Kurt Monroe, we're the only local media that covered it because I was the only media that was there throughout the trial. I think one day Andrew Harris like popped in for all of 10 minutes and then he left. So they're not going to be able to cover that story because they weren't there. They can't tell you what happened unless they read our article and then say, according to CMR, this is what happened in court, right? 
this is just the world of, of media. You can't be everywhere at all times. And we do, we do a pretty good job because we have the people, we are actually the people's media. So we have the people feeding us story and telling us, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to go. This is what's going on, whatever. And we try to, you know, grab bits and pieces in that way. So then the next comment says, um, you can't write anything about it about PAC when they pay your salary. I'm not sure why they need GIS. Well, this is this made me chuckle because sometimes I don't know why they need GIS either. So I'm going to agree with part of that comment. However, uh, PAC does not pay me. But this, again, is a narrative that had been put out there by Andre, by um, uh, what's his name? Mario. Does Mario still even have a show? Um, by even, even members of the compass, you know, I've heard them out there trying to toot this. Oh, well, she's in the government, the compass managers. And I dare say probably the owners of the compass have gone to the likes of the leadership of the PAC government claiming that the PAC government gives me information. And it is so far from the truth. Like a high ranking member of the PAC government once said that to me and I laughed because I'm like, but it's actually not true. And they said, of course it isn't. But we can't convince them that that's not true. And I said, well, all they have to do is look at the history. How was I getting all the breaking news during the COVID pandemic out of the progressives camp? Y'all know progressives wasn't giving me ish. They didn't like us at all. They would, and we were leaking what regulations were coming, when they're shutting down, what they're doing, da, da, da. So much so that, remember, Al then got on the... Um, one of his press conferences and lambasted us about how the media is always leaking this information. And there were times when he would purposely try to change the outcome of what they had decided because we had leaked everything and had gotten it a hundred percent accurate. And he was so pissed off about that. He's like, we got to change something. So we don't, we don't look like Sandra has the scoop. So the, the logical question is if I had the scoop before the PAC government got in and I'm still getting the scoop, what makes you think it's the political arm that's giving it to me. It isn't. Simple. I'm just learning. Okay. So um, that's, that's a really humorous statement, but it's completely inaccurate, right? Pat doesn't pay me anything. I've never gotten a dollar from Wayne Panton outside of the general election. During the general election, he was a client, just like most of the candidates who actually wanted to win. They came to me, um, you know, I told you guys how Wayne and I up until that point had actually not spoken in years. The irony of it is Wayne and I used to be on very good speaking terms, um, way back. I used to live in Newlands. I mean, this was, I was reminiscing just a couple of days ago about, you know, when I first got arrested, the first time I ever got arrested, the first person I called about the whole dog, like, they're like, oh, you stole this dog. Of course that case got thrown out. But the very first person, you know, they have like call a friend. The first person I called was Wayne Panton. Y'all don't even know that. And cause he was like, I was like, okay, lawyer. I need somebody who's really smart. Of course he didn't do criminal law. So he was like, I don't know why you called me. I can't help you. <laughs> you know, he's like, call somebody else, call a criminal lawyer. Then I called, I was sharing this story with someone in court. Then I called Ramsey Hale. Cause she was like the next person. I was like, okay, let me call her. She's criminal law, whatever. Um, so it's just so funny how people, you know, just put out misinformation because they're trying to discredit you. But you know what, folks, your actions in life speaks volumes. Y'all know what I'm all about. You know that I, I don't really cut, I don't cut no, no cheese with nobody when it really comes. I cut cheese last night for some bun and cheese. 
But, you know, I don't curry favor with people. Even if I like you, I believe that there's a certain level of honesty with people that you like, especially in with your friends. Right? We were just lambasting the progressives government, the, the PAC government yesterday. Well, progressives and PAC, come to think of it, who didn't have the waterfront sorted out. Where who was who was asleep at the wheel? Who was in charge of the port? Uh, I incur in favors with this government. Y'all had more than ample time to make sure that the port was spick and span. You had more than ample time uh, for the revitalization committee to have done whatever foolishness they're doing with Cardinal Road, Cardinal Avenue, and completed it. You started the week that tourists are returning by the thousands. Somebody ain't got no sense talking about project management and project planning. Who was it that broke the story about the whole lateral flow debacle and how the government completely effed that up and went wrong with that? So, you know, they, they want you to believe that, oh, well, she didn't, she didn't put this story up because, you know, she's in the PAC government. Okay. Wayne Panton paid during the election, like I said, like everybody else, him and his running mates, to be on the platform. I don't even know if I could call Wayne Panton up and be like, Wayne, can I borrow $5 for lunch? <laughs> First of all, that's not really me, but I'm just saying. We don't have that kind of relationship. This man, I don't know if he's a miser or not. I can't tell you anything about his financial situation because he's not out there giving me no money. So I don't know nothing about it. I can't speak to that, right? So the pettiness, I think, is really um, unfortunate. Now, Comparing us to GIS and saying, I'm not sure why they need GIS um, when they're paying CMR. Well, they're not paying CMR, but um, I do question, and I'm not trying to throw GIS under the bus. I'm just saying there are things that we can do as a private organization that perhaps GIS can't do. And we do it without fear or favor. You understand what I'm saying? Here's a perfect example of this. Over the weekend, on Friday, actually, they had a... Um, a pre-recorded press conference. So what that means is they had the press conference, I think in the morning, media was invited. And to be honest, I'm in the, in the media news group now. And I was confused when they sent it out because I didn't even understand what they were trying to do. I'm like, well, why would we need to be there if it's pre-recorded? I thought they already had recorded it. So there's a little bit of miscommunication. So we weren't even there for the pre-recorded session, right? So media could attend and ask questions. They pre-recorded it. And the reason why they did that is most of the GIS staff were actually in, um, in the BRAC setting up for the whole Heroes Day situation, right? So they pre-recorded it. They sent it out later on. I think after, it's supposed to go at like one o'clock. It didn't go out till after five o'clock. So I was really busy on Friday. Okay. I had meetings, a lot going on. Saturday weekends, I try to do my family stuff. So Gianna and I had a mommy and daughter's day. She went to the salon. Did you guys see the video I put up with her and her beautiful hair? But it is so much to manage. I'm just like, Lord, help me. I don't think I'll ever be able to put that in a braid, Joe. I would always have to go to Rocio or somebody else to help me. So we had, we went to the spa, not the spa, but went to the salon. And then the two of us had lunch together. We went to Kimana Bay. We sat in the waterfront. It's important for me. I only have one child and I only have the one daughter. And it's really, really um, important for me to, um, hold on one second. I see Renee asking me a question. I'm gonna ask her to hold off, um, stand by for a bit longer. So it was really, really important for me, folks. It is important for me to spend time with my daughter, right? 
So um, we did that and then I was really busy and there's some other stories and stuff that have been brewing. What was I going to tell you about this weekend? Anyway, I, I, I didn't, oh yes, the GIS thing. So I didn't have time to put up GIS, uh, the pre-recorded thing until Sunday. So I scheduled it and I aired it. I think it aired at 2.30 on Sunday. Let me tell you what happened, right? After it aired, I got a couple messages. Here's what one message said, because I remember who sent this one. So this person said, um, uh, wait, there was a press briefing today? This is what they said at 5.30 p.m. And I said, nope, that was from Friday, it was pre-recorded. And they said, oh, I don't remember seeing that advertised. And I said, laughing out loud, because I'd had a conversation a few days before about this per with this person about how certain things that government does just does not reach the ear of the people. And this is a failing. You can blame the political arm. You can blame GIS. I don't know who you want to blame, but we've also, this is another area where I've been critical about the, the sort of organization of communication and messages and how things are being disseminated and put, it, put out from the government. It often doesn't reach the intended audience. So this person's like, oh, I didn't know anything about that. I don't remember seeing that advertised. And I said, yeah, remember what I told you laughing out loud? I'm only saying that there are different ways that you can be effective. And when you talk about a good communication plan, you've got to come from a 360 perspective and come at it from all angles, right? And then this person says, talk to the government communications team. And they did a the little emoji like, I don't know. And I said, Lord, mm. um. I said, don't worry. Uh, this is this is a voice note. I said, I said, don't worry. They have Pilar on board now. She's a communications and strategist. She'll be able to help them get sorted out. And um, then they said, well, get them to advertise in CMR. And they did a little winking emoji and I laughed. And I said, if only they had any sense. This is a private conversation that I'm sharing with y'all, but I'm just being honest about what I said, right? Um, and then they said, but I know you're a big friend of Wayne, so you should be able to tell him that. And I said, Wayne doesn't run the communications arm of government. I said, communications, you know, that's GIS. And he is right. If government has a communications arm, if government has GIS, that's what those people are being paid to do to get their messaging out there. So, of course, they have to utilize those resources. And I go on to say, but communications um, still thinks that GIS is the bomb. And that I said, the civil service runs the show. I don't believe that Wayne Panton running no show. I don't believe the politicians running no show. So y'all can say, oh, you can talk to Wayne all you want. Yeah, when it comes to where they're spending their money and how they're disseminating the message, that's the civil servants. They have CIG TV. Somebody's got to justify the, those jobs, right? And so that is their job. It is what it is. Another person messaged me. Hold on here now. I want you to read. Uh, I'll tell you what this one said. And the only reason I'm not showing you these is I don't want to disclose who these people are. So this person sends me the link from the CMR Facebook page. And they say, hey, Sandy, this was today. Sorry to disturb you on a Sunday. So this was at 7.36 p.m. And I said, hey. And I said, actually, it was aired on Friday, but seems people missed it entirely. It was pre-recorded because of the brat trip. That was my response. And then they said, okay, thanks. Remind Pac to work on streamlining communications. It's effed up for real. <laughs> I tell you no word to lie. 
That's exactly, hold on one second. Let me show you all something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just clip that out because you can see I, I don't I don't I don't have to make stuff up. Um oh here we go. So this is exactly what this person said, right? And I kind of chuckled when they said it's effed up. And I'm like, mm. you know, I just did a little laughing emoji. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So the, the question really was, how is it the government had a pre-recorded segment? They put it up. I don't know how many views they end up getting because I know they put it up on their YouTube and whatever. But how did they do that? And people are messaging me going, oh, did I miss a press conference today? People didn't even know that happened. I was like, well... That ain't my job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do try to help the government get their messaging out there wherever I can, but it really isn't my job. So here's the message I'm telling y'all about. They were like, this is today. Sorry to disturb on a Sunday. And I gave them the explanation. Nope, it's pre-recorded, blah, blah, blah. And they said, remind PAC to work and streamline and communications because it's effed up for real. Now, you and I know it's effed up because I have sat here, even on this show, with Ke uh, Kevin Watler. And we have talked about why is it that there seems to be some failings in communication. Now, whether those failings are on the civil service side or not, they ultimately make the government, the elected government look bad. What, what do y'all want me to do about that? I don't work for GIS. I don't work for their communications team. Mm -hmm. So um, when they say they need to, why they need GIS, there are other people who are asking that exact same question, but that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> It's not because PAC is paying me to do GIS's job. GIS has a job to do. And by the way, you know, GIS does a lot of work. They do, they have, I think, like a daily little news briefing thing that they do. You know, they record a lot of it. They bring you, they have all the professional equipment. They they bring you Heroes Day. They're there in the back. They're setting up. So I don't think you guys should fairly be throwing the GIS team under the bus. But I think their remit isn't as effective when it comes to like marketing the government's position or a lot of opinion pieces or whatever, as one would think. So the fact that they had a press conference that was pre-recorded and put out on their platform and half y'all don't even know that that happened until we put it out. is kind of like, mm, how did that get missed? It is what it is folks. Okay. Now I kind of know, I, I actually know the answer to this. I can share it with you. And it's all a numbers game, right? So for the record, my new studio equipment, thank you to a private donor who donated this board for me. Mind you, I had saved up my little coins, you know, because I don't believe in begging people. Um, I reached out to someone who was in Miami because they said, Sandy, I'm going up to, I think it was actually Tampa. I'm going up for a little bit. Do you need anything? I said, actually, yes. I need a board because when the show starts, I'm going to need this board to take calls and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, send me your address and um, I'll, you know, ship it from Amazon. They're like, no, just send me the link. I did not even anticipate that this person would be purchasing this board for me. And they did purchase it. An amazing person, a private business owner who, by the way, is not a supporter of PAC and not a supporter of Progressive. They're just in the world of business. They're like, listen. Whatever government can keep business flowing in the Cayman Islands, good on them. I don't really get into politics and it is what it is. But, you know, there's a lot of people, folks, who are willing to support this platform in more ways than one. People give us exclusive stories and whatever. And so the people, the others out there who get a little bit jealous and in their feelings feel like they have to make up this lie and make up this narrative. 
Pat government didn't buy me this, but by the way, I need a second board. So Pat government, you want to donate a board? I'm just kidding. I'll be purchasing it myself. You save your money and there's certain things that you can do. You don't have to go around begging nobody. You don't have to beg favors and you don't have to be in anybody's back pocket because you're not that desperate. Just saying. So um, then they go on to the whole DMS thing. Uh, has given her a radio station. Again, get, at least if you're going to criticize someone, try to get it accurate. DMS hasn't given me a radio station. The radio station 89.1 belongs to DMS. DMS has launched three new stations. They launched Magic 91.5, which by the way, I am so in love with. I have my dial in my car stuck in Magic. I don't listen to radio a whole lot, but sometimes when I'm driving and I'm not talking, I turn on the radio and right now it's stuck at 91.5. They have also launched a country station, K-Country. Now y'all know I'm not really a country fan. I don't really listen to country often. So there's that. And they're launching this um, Bobo, which is local talk. It's supposed to be more talk and news radio. It's sort of like an NPR kind of format, very little music, right? The format of this station, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down for y'all so that you understand what's happening. The format for this station is that you buy your block of time. You're actually paying for it. So I've had other people uh, approach me, oh, Sandy, you know, I want to get on this radio station. I said, call them. It's a business deal, folks. They'll give you a contract and you buy your airtime. Now, what happened in my case is I was contacted early on because they've been working on this station idea for years. They're just getting to launch it because of COVID and all this other stuff. So I was, I think it was after the election, they reached out to me because they're probably paying attention go, wow, her morning show is really hot. You know, when you pull in over 1200 people on a live stream, plus it's really hot. We need to get her on Bobo. So I was approached by management and they said, we got this new station coming on board. We'd like you to be part of it. We don't even know exactly what the format is going to like be like, like how we're going to have it organized, whatever. And I said, okay, I said, I'm in, in terms of thinking about it, right? And just in the last couple of months, they've worked out the details. This is how much it's going to cost. This is where I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I got I to gotta spend some money now to actually be on air. On this, I don't really spend a whole lot of money, right? So I said, mm, okay. I said, well, you know, there's a rule in business. You got to spend money to make money. So I'm like, all right. I think the overall reach of audience through radio um, can be significant and can be extremely powerful. So, all right, I'm in. So yes, I am the anchor, like for the station in the sense that I've got that coveted morning spot because most people want a morning show, right? Uh, anybody almost could probably get on, on this radio station. You just need to come up with your, your idea, uh, you know, firm up a slot that you want and pay for it and you're good to go. I don't own the radio station. DMS hasn't given me a radio station. Um, I'm not on their payroll. In fact, it's the opposite. I'm paying them <laughs> for the station, uh, not for the station, but for my segment, my two hours a day. And, um, it is what it is. The other important thing about this, this post though, and this is where people, you know, when people are sending me to yesterday, I wasn't even going to respond to this. I said, this is so stupid. You gotta look, you gotta keep things in context. 16 people liked one post, 14 people liked one post and 27 people liked another one. Like, really? That's it? That's, that's the amount of people that agreed with those comments, which all three were probably made by the exact same person. Came on here and say, was that you, Andre? Was that you, Mario? I mean, it's just so petty that it has to be one of those or similar individuals. 
I was like, why would I, why do I, why do I even care? But you know, the fact that a few people sent it to me kind of made me think, would people actually believe this? Let me just set the record straight. Now, by the way, they also said that I've cleared all court matters and fees associated. Again, that is a lie. What, what associated fees are they talking about? Let me update you really briefly in the court situation. And then I want to change gears into more important discussions. I've cleared all court matters. So I finally hired a lawyer and decided to fight for a position that I knew the entire time was right. The articles that were originally put up about John Felder were 100% accurate with the exception of, I think we said he was terminated in June or July when it might've been June. So the date on that was a little bit off, but he was terminated. And he pulls out this narrative, oh, he wasn't terminated. He was looking about a sick baby and blah, blah, blah. Total BS, right? So I get my lawyers in and they do their job. As you know, lawyers are not cheap. So I've got a legal bill over there at Broadhurst that is big. Has that legal bill been paid off? Call Broadhurst. The legal bill is still there. Nobody is, I mean, I've gotten, I'm not going to lie. I've gotten private citizens, two businessmen who have given me a donation towards that bill. The irony of it is Mr. Felder's team at Priestley's still will not, although the judge has ruled, they will not accept the judge's ruling. They're refusing to sign off on the order. So I think my legal team has to go back to court tomorrow, which is more money that I have to pay to try to get an order that should have just been signed off on. So they're kind of starting to piss me off a little bit now. I got to be honest with you, right? Because they're fighting a judge's order um, where even the judge went back because they were like, oh, you know, this order makes us look bad. Can you please um, be nicer with the language? This is what they did with the judge. And the judge was like, oh, because this is, this, you know, people might not want to hire us because we screwed up this day. The judge was like, okay, let me clarify that I don't think your actions, your mishandling of this professionally, I don't think those were intentional. But nonetheless, you did it and over a year went by and you didn't correct your mistake. And you knew that you were dealing with a litigant person. It's an unfair position that you put her in. So they are refusing. The court order said that they were supposed to pay my legal fees because that's what happened when you lose a court case. They haven't paid it. Now, y'all know I get really annoyed because somebody got to pay the damn lawyers, right? So this is one of the things I really wanted to clarify that talking about cleared up all court matters and fees associated. You see, when people have no clue what's going on, they can just throw anything out there. They can make up stories and make up lies on the PAC government and their politicians. But please don't be trying to make up your lies on me. If you want to see the bill, the legal bill, come. Let's go. Bring your checkbook with you since you're talking about my legal fees are cleared up. Cleared up. Since they're cleared up, you shouldn't have to worry about it. But bring your checkbook and we'll see how cleared up it is. Okay? And if it's not cleared up, um, Andre and the rest of you, will you give me your checkbook so we can clear it up? I'm just saying. Yeah. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Right? You know, I am on a platform here where you guys expect honesty and I try to live as openly as I possibly can. I don't tell you everything, but I do tell you about 95%. Because sometimes my husband be like, uh, why was that a topic of discussion? And I had to try to explain to him that, listen, I have a relationship with my listeners and they expect me to be, he's like, really? He's like, Sandy, you don't have to talk about that. I'm like, mm, but I kind of do. It's the relationship that you and I have. So I feel, I feel 
I don't feel sorry for them. I just feel like they're stupid and they're getting all salty for all the wrong reasons. And of course, the end game, like I said, is the next election. And a lot of this narrative, folks, is being pushed by the progressives because guess what? The next three years is going to fly by so quickly. Mm-mm-mm. Bless our little hearts. Might we all survive it, first of all, between COVID, the stress of life, increased gas prices, the stress of everything, school fees going up, everything. Let's just pray that we all survive it for the next election. But if you guys think that last election, CMR was pivotal in that election, ooh, honey child, put on your seatbelt because we are already getting ready. We are getting ready for, what would that be? What year are we in? 2022? What is that going to be? 2025? I think. Is that selection? Yes. We, I'm getting psychologically ready. I'm thinking about how we could do things a little bit differently, how we can improve on what we did. The works. We kind of surprised a lot of you all because you thought, oh, this little engine that could wasn't going to climb up that election mountain. And not only did we climb up the election mountain in an amazing way, right? One um, uh, live stream was seven and a half hours. I stood here and talked. Y'all didn't know I could talk so much. Mm -hmm. We did that. Now we're going to be expanding to radio. We're going to be reaching more people. So yes, I get that people are thinking, oh, damn, what is this? What is Sandy coming up with now? Progressives are already trying to figure out, oh, we got to find a number. Is there a number that we could pay her? There's something we can offer her? Just like the last election, I turned down their money. I got to position myself where nobody, progressive, PAC, or anybody else, has a number high enough that they could come and offer me that I'm going to sell my soul to the fucking devil because that's not happening. Not for all the money in the world. You've got to be a principled individual, folks. And to me, these comments come from people who are not principled. Because they can be bought out. They think everybody can be bought out. But that's not how it works. Right? I want this government to succeed. And if I want them to succeed, that means that I have to be willing to tell them the truth. And there are times, yes, that I call Wayne. I'm like, WTF, what are y'all doing? I don't try to bother the man too much, to be quite frank. Because I'm like, Lord, when he probably see me calling, he's like, oh, Jesus, this girl gonna make my pressure go up. But there are times that I call him. I, I disagree with some of the things that they do. And I'll tell Ween, just like I tell you all, that's not right. Some of those board appointments have been off the chain. But speaking of which, they're coming up in a year now. And I'm already working on their report card. And there are some areas that they're not going to get a good mark. And I want you all to message me and tell me where you think they've done a good job and where they haven't. Because we're going to make this an interactive thing, right? So we're working on the PAC government report card. When it comes to board appointments, eh, we're going to talk about it. Romelia, good morning. Boy, she's always having a victorious day in the Lord. Mess with you. Uh, Christine, morning. Sophia's got it locked. Uh, Vernice says, listen, no need to explain as my motto is who mine don't matter and who matter don't mind. I like that. I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, and I totally get that. But, you know, I sit on this program, folks, and I talk about everything else on this side. It would be a little bit peculiar if I don't address some of these little foolish side comments sometimes that come in. And they are foolish as far as I'm concerned. Now, y'all want to know the truth when they talk about, oh, well, um, um, Sandy, um, blah, 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 GIS. Okay, let me show y'all something. 
I mean, let me just give y'all a little insight into something, something, something. Uh, do I think that in some ways we're more effective at GI than GIS, than regional people? Well, um, I don't have to tell you that. This is what Facebook shows me. Insights, people reach 25.4 million people. That is in the last 28 days. So this fluctuates, but we've been riding millions for a little bit. Post engagements, 3.4 million people. Page likes is up 7%. We had in that 21, 28 day period, 131 page likes. Folks, yes, there's certain things that we do. Let me take you down to insights here. This is all the analytics and whatever. So if you're looking and you're considering, okay, I got a message and I want to get it out to the masses. Who am I going to talk to about doing that? Should I talk to, you know, CMR? This is just Facebook alone. This is not the website. This is not this. Well, to some extent, this is a show because we're, we're simulcasting it on, on Facebook and YouTube. But um, this isn't the website. This isn't Instagram. This is just, what happened to my little internet now? This is just, um, y'all see my page is even coming up? Hold on. Maybe I'll close a couple tabs. Ah, okay, that's weird. All right, let me see what's going on. Transferring data, it says. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Waiting for this page. Okay, that's taking a while. So, yeah, so this is just uh, Facebook. So yeah, if you want to reach a lot of people, common sense would tell you the place to go is probably CMR. Big up yourself, Herman, joining us from Kingston, Jamaica. He says, great job. Thank you, my darling. Fatima says, anyone who needs an illegal job, go to the, the farms. What's the farms? It's in the bushes. No immigration. Goes to the bush. Uh, sun too hot. Immigration. Love AC. Do we have farms in Cayman that people really want to work on? So Ms. Brenda says, Sandra, you do have the air of Mr. Panton and his government, so people are hoping you'll be an unbiased mediator. Do I have his ear? I would say yes, Ms. Brenda. I think that that is a fair comment. I think I need to close down this browser because they ain't saying nothing this morning. Let me restart. Let me restart it. So yeah, I think that that's a fair comment. In other words, I think if I call him, he is going to, um, to probably pick up the phone and he's going to listen. Uh, there are times I call him when he doesn't <laughs> pick up the phone because the man is actually busy, y'all. So, um, oh, Miss Brenda's gone to watch the congressional confirmation of the first black woman to the Supreme Court. Kudos for America. So, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I, we get all the analytics. I, I watch this information and I know what's happening. I can see how stories are trending, um, you know, individual stories. There's a lot that Facebook does behind the scenes. Um, you know, how, how we're growing, uh, what times of day even that people um, tend to read our, con our content for the past week. I mean, we, we listen, Facebook has got it going on in terms of the information that they provide you. And this helps us to navigate uh, a lot. Now, um, I think there was a... There was, um, section I was looking for. That wasn't even it. So, you know, it is what it is. Don't get salty because somebody is, is doing okay or they're doing well. You know, we've worked hard. We're coming up in five years now, folks. We've worked extremely hard to get where we are. And, you know, here, here we are with our competition. 
So um, we have, we're at 310,000 plus engagement just for the week because it's done on a weekly basis. The compass still kicks our butt in, in page likes. So they have almost double the page likes. Now we have surpassed them in page followers, but for page likes, they have almost double, which is the, the, me the metrics that is used for this portion of the analytics. And despite that, we have somebody good at math, 330,000 versus 54,000. What's the percentage increase? I always have to use a percentage increase calculator because I'm horrible actually at these things. Um, so uh, what is, let me see. So you go from 59.4, let's just round it up to 55,000, right? Up to 330. That's a percentage increase. That's 500% more engagement on CMR. And this is actually kind of a slow week, to be honest, because some weeks this is a one point something million. So our engagement is 500% more than the compass. So I can also understand why a lot of people, um, you know, do get salty about certain things, but I can't help that. I can't, I can't deal with saltiness. Um, I can't, and listen, none of us can control what other people want to say or think about us. You know what I'm saying? And as Emma says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Crime is on the rise. Cost of living is on the rise. Companies can't afford to raise pay. We still ain't going to be able to afford food or many other necessities. I think that what you have to do, folks, is you have to live um, in your truth. And um, when you live in your truth, not everybody is because they're motivated by other things. So they have to push a certain untruthful narrative. And it is what it is. I can't really worry about it. The ugly truth says, it's amazing how CNS actually cleared those comments for posting. Yet when you post something that they don't agree with, they won't publish it. Yeah, it, it, is, it is funny. And I know that, you know, um, Wendy and I have a good banter back and forth. But, you know, I'm sure she's probably like, damn, this little nappy child from Georgetown come and, and given everybody competition, including CMS, CNS and taking our readers and she's always breaking stories that we can't get a hold of. Well, this time Wendy has broke a story that we didn't have. So all I can say is congratulations to Wendy. Irvlin says mischievous at its best. Mm -hmm. Flashpoint says CNS comments are not anonymous. They're tracking, tracking and logging IP addresses. Well, I think they have to, because there's a couple of times when that the anonymity of the website has gotten them in trouble. So you have to be in a position if the police come to you and say, we need to know who posted this comment, that they can actually backtrack it. So um, Flashpoint, you're absolutely correct. If they wanted to find out who you were, they could backtrack it, but that would that would require having the, um, the ISPs uh, provide that information. And normally they will only provide that information to the authorities. So it's not really that, that they, that CNS knows who you are. They know the IP address for the comments. So you don't necessarily have to register, but they will see the IP address that come in. And if something were to happen, so this is real, y'all need to be careful with your libelous comments. They could go back and trace who made those comments back to that user. So those of y'all who think you're smart, and that you are being anonymous in that sense. But when I say anonymous, I mean, to the average person, you're not signing your name. It's not like Facebook, 
when you make a comment, um, although some of y'all be trying to hide behind fake accounts, that you actually see, you know, who is making the comments. So Facebook tends to be less anonymous. And if they could control, like here's Damien, for example, or Miss Darlene making a comment there. Um, you know, here's Jared making a comment there. Look at Jared. Um, oh, he actually, this is on this stream. Oh, yes. <laughs> he says recording people IEP isn't that breach of people's privacy. No, it isn't. Um, he says CMR is the best in town. Oh, let me like that. It's not actually a breach of your privacy, Jared, because um, you're always being logged. Everything you do online, you visit any website whatsoever, whether it's CNS, EK Trade, whatever, they know what IP address is visiting that website. And so there is a way if they wanted to, like I said, big shout out to Kevin, there is a way to track those if necessary. So y'all, this is a little IT tip for you. Nothing you do is truly anonymous online. You always leave, it's like Hansel and Gretel. You always leave a little cookie trail behind you when you're out there doing stuff. Every website you visit logs that this, this MAC address, this IP address has visited this website and this is what you've done. Going in and clearing the cache in your computer does nothing. There are ways around it and I'm not giving y'all no tips about all that, but um, yes, pretty much you are being tracked in a way. But no one is no one is actively tracking you. These are just automatic tracks and how how computers work, how they talk to each other. So anyway, um, you know it is it is what it is. So let's keep it moving, folks. Um, license plate yesterday. Is that probably we probably have that many channel? I wouldn't doubt it. So Ms. Brenda says, why don't they complete some of the unfinished roads and bypasses, light sidewalks, et cetera? We don't need more roads. Well, most people would not agree with that position. Most people tell you we do need uh, more roads to alleviate some of the traffic. But in all fairness to the NRA, um, they did complete the, they've just completed over a week now, the Harkle, the, um, Harkle, the Har Grand Harbor roundabout, all that has been completed. So Damien says he's willing to pay a toll. You know, Damien, this is interesting because, not not Damien, sorry, Jonathan. Um, the other day at the South Sound meeting, it came up again. Well, let's just build a bridge. And um, Mr. Howard, Mr. Edward Howard over at the NRA says a bridge is expensive. But you know what else he didn't say? I'm sure he doesn't want to go down that rabbit hole. Not only is a bridge expensive, but there's a lot involved in constructing that bridge. You'd have to bring in a real expert, a bridge over the North Sound, not to forget the environmental impact. Y'all talking about nobody wants that port out there because of the dredging and the Disney, but, but the non-experts make it sound so easy. Oh, just stick a piling in the, in the, in the ocean bed and it'll be fine the environment. I can already see the protest now. I can already see the petition. There's a lot of people who would not agree with that under any circumstances. Will it ever happen? I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a, um, what's the little globe called? I don't have one of those to look into the future. So Jonathan says, 
if we get a proper professional engineer to build a bridge, it's not as hard as you think. Well, it is hard. Uh, maybe not for the experts, like they can do it because they've done it before. We've also seen so-called experts build bridges that completely collapse right in Florida. What bridge was it the other day that they had collapsed? Um, this was, I think, a couple of years ago by FIU, killing people. And that was built by the experts. Now, in all fairness to them, most bridges don't normally collapse, but there's something structurally wrong with that one. Um, so expensive, yes. And who's going to pay for it? You're willing to pay a toll? There's other people who are like, listen, like Emma just said, I'm taxed out. I can't pay no more money. What, what, what more do y'all want from me? I can't afford lunch. So I don't know if people are going to be willing to, to pay. Elaine laughing at that nappy. Live within your means as well. Girl, you need to go back to yesterday's show. Talking about living within your means. Um, mm, y'all, y'all don't have to know that I was at the grocery store yesterday. I went to buy some strawberries. Gianna loves strawberries. This morning, she's like, the strawberries are kind of sour, mom. And I said, still eat them. They must still have some nutritional value, although they're not sweet and juicy. We pay a lot for the strawberries that so they can't be going to waste. And she's like, okay. <laughs> um, and I was checking out. I saw this. I had on my mask, of course. And I saw this Filipino lady at the cash register looking at me and looking. You know when somebody's like, you're like, okay, this person's thinking about something. And she's like, Miss Sandy? And I said, yes. She said, oh, I saw your show about Rutana. And I used to work at her salon. And she still owes me over a four-month salary. I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, okay, now, can I just get my strawberries? I got to go. Oh, Wendy's calling. Does Wendy want to come on the show? Wendy Ledger, would you like to be on the program? Hold on. Hello, Wendy? Hello? It says connecting. I got to give her the show number. Maybe she wants to come on the program. Hello? I can't hear you. Hello? I'm going to call Wendy in the straight line. Maybe, maybe, maybe Wendy ain't going to credit. Wendy, you ain't going to credit. You don't got a decent Wi-Fi. You better try and go get flow, child. 926. I think that's her number. Let me see. Good morning, Aliano. Yes. Yeah, you want to call in the program. Yeah, I'm on the show. Don't you know this? Oh, okay. You're not trying to come on air? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking right now. All right. I'll call you after the show. No, we were actually talking about you today, so I thought maybe you wanted to chime in. <laughs> no, I was just talking about C CNS and some of the comments that people put up about, oh, how the PAC government's paying me and blah, blah, blah. And... And some and someone said um, they're not even sure why you'd post those comments because there are other comments that don't make it into the final thing and and yeah. <laughs> I'll call you. I'll call you later. All right. Bye. So she wasn't trying to get on the pro program. She probably wants some information because sometimes she legit calls me for information. You know, she's like, "Hey, do you know what the real score is with this?" And if I can help her. I ain't got no problem helping her. 
I mean, normally we have the story up already anyway. So maybe she's just trying to clarify something. I don't know. But it's kind of funny that she was calling me today of all days. I thought she wanted to come and talk about, she says, I'm not going to talk about her comment section. Tell them to read the policy. Goodbye. All right, Aliano. So it's very simple. Stay consistent. Uh, show, stay, no bias and to, no secrets. Um, narrative, the haters will always be looking to take you down a peg. I know, poor them. And you know what? Nobody is truly unbiased, first of all. So let me just say this, this concept of being unbiased is a bit of a, a misnomer in a way, right? Because everybody has biases. And recognizing your biases is probably a really, really important thing. Uh, let me give you all an example of how even within the PAC government, there are people who um, are biased towards other media. Where, where, where's, my, where's my BFF, Chris Saunders? Chris Saunders is my MP. And I don't know if you all um, have noticed or not, but um, he's never actually been on the show. It is a little bit weird. There are some PAC members who've never been on the show. So you can't say that, you know, I've got the PAC government in my pocket or whatever. Now, the situation with Chris, even I don't really quite understand it. I actually think, this is just my opinion, I think that Chris really likes Rajma. And I don't mean that in a weird way at all. Don't y'all be reading into that now. It's trying to say, what was Sandy trying to say? I think that he sees the situation over there as a sinking ship. And so the truth of the matter is um, he is trying to help her uh, get views. And maybe he feels like he pulls in views. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm like, I'm neither here nor there on it. Um, I really could care less. <laughs> but, you know, there are times when there's certain things that um, need to be said. And it would be good if we could get the minister on here. He is the minister of finance, after all. And there are things that we could delve into. I'm just having a look at the rush, rush hour. But you know what? The interesting thing is, and this is me just being completely honest, but maybe there's a bit of saltiness here as well, but it is it is completely honest, right? If I were to look at the numbers for the rush hour, no, they used to organize, the Compass used to do a pretty good job of organizing their, um, their videos. Where's the rush hour? Why don't I see it? Um, Because they have it, they have like, Playlists. So playlists, there's 11 of them. Oh, can I see? Is that see all playlists? Um, no, this is a weird view. Okay, no, I don't want to see that view. But if, if you were, if you were a person who was actually looking at uh, numbers, so say you were an analyst and you were really concerned about metrics, right? And you were looking at just the, um, oh, Seymour playlist. So this is where I missed it. If you were looking at just the, the numbers for just the rush hour, as an example, you would, if I were over at the compass and I was looking at the rush hour, I would soon be canceling the rush hour. And let me tell you why. She's going down the same path. Let me increase it so you can see it for yourselves. That the um, former compass show, uh, what's the morning show called? Um, what was it called over in? Rooster, whatever. Oh God, I just had a brain fart. Whatever it was called. You know, 
Woody used to average 700. Sometimes he'd go up a couple thousand, depending on the guests. So Woody would peak when he had certain guests on. He would pull in, guests would pull and peak his numbers, right? But I've been noticing uh, Rejma's numbers and they're decreasing. So her last show, she had 669 views. When you have, how many how many page likes do they have? What did we say? Like 30,000 or something? And you only have 669 views and that doesn't mean that they watch the entire program. This is, this is a really dismal number. This is a number that if you looked at analytics, you'd be like, ooh, they are in trouble. There's not they, but well, this show in particular, nobody's watching. The week before she had 1.3 thousand, which could be, they never tell you what the topic is, but it could just be that that topic was something of interest. 896 before that, you know, she, she pulled in 1.4, 1.6, six weeks ago. But her most recent numbers are more than, these are 24, this was quite some time ago, so. Um, but her more recent episodes, which she just started it back, are really, really poor. And so you have to wonder why people have disengaged with the rush hour. Now, the interesting thing about this is the Minister of Finance, the reason why I'm even having a look at this, is he has been on her program. There he is. He has been on her program a number of times. So I, I think that he likes Rajma a lot. And, you know, that's great. She's actually a really nice person. And so he goes on there to try to help her pull in some numbers, but it doesn't really seem to be working. So they might be cutting that soon. They've cut a lot of stuff over at the Compass in any event, but, you know, it is... Yeah. Um, Jared said he's trying to help. Sometimes a sinking ship got sink. It is what it is. The UK can pay for the bridge. Well, if they'd be willing to do so, that would be one thing that we could say, yay, the UK actually gave us, but I doubt that. But there's more than just paying for a bridge or some environmental impact studies and stuff that would take years to undertake. Um, so Paul says they built a bridge, uh, an airport for St. Helena. Why not build a bridge for Cayman? That's because they see us as rich, honey child. They don't want to give us nothing. They won't be taken. Thank you, Melanie. Mel says people will hate you for speaking the truth and they will love you for speaking what they want to hear. And that is hypocrisy. You're the best, Sandy. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it is what it is. Let's look at some WhatsApp comments. And then I do have to leave a little bit early today because I've actually had a business meeting because, yes, we do have bills to pay, so i got to be working. Um, someone replies and says, morning. I wasn't surprised that CMR would make a difference on, uh, in the election. They managed to get Woody's platform out before the elections, so thanks for your platform. Well, I think having a lot of news platforms is a good thing to have choice, and it's healthy for democracy. I read and listen to a lot of different news outlets and, of course, make my own opinions based on my research. Good. Yes. Oh, thank you. Somebody reminded me it was called Cayman Crosstalk. Yes. All right. Let me talk a little bit about a situation. Oh, somebody said, don't forget, Deidre, she could be one posting too. Plus, you can like a post multiple times on CNS. Um, I thought you could only like it once. Interesting. 
Okay. Um, so let me, let's move on to another conversation that's actually really important. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll read this after the show. All right. This one's kind of a hot one. I don't think I can. Eh. Um, this one says, but who's dealing with this? Literally killing paradise. Um, someone is talking about the, is this the dike? road they're saying the connector road shouldn't go through there's always going to be people who are not going to um enjoy or not going to approve of any kind of works that impact the environment and you know every single thing you do impacts the environment so this person says enjoying my vacation but still tuned in with the the cold hard truth and watching it in the big screen thank you so much all right folks so let's let's talk about triple c Mm, 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 mm. So, um, someone says, I can't afford no toll. Is Jonathan paying for all of us? <laughs> Woo, what a heat. So I've got a story that I'm working on in relation to triple C. I don't want to go into too much by way of detail this morning, because I understand that a message has been sent out wanting to meet with the parents. And you guys know that I believe in giving people ample opportunity to fix their stuff. When you have issues, organizations and otherwise, I'm just like, fix it. Fix it, Jesus. Take the bus, take the wheel. But boy, Triple C is a hot mess. I have been getting phone calls for the past week from unhappy parents and even students. Now, y'all know when a student is going to pick up the phone and dial my number and said, Miss Sandy, I'm a Triple C student and I need to talk to you. I'm like, you do? Most, most kids, they're like an Instagram. They can send you a message. I don't like my school or whatever. But when they call you on the phone, and they break down all the issues and they articulate it so well. Something is stinking worse than the dikes at Triple C. And so I went yesterday, over 130 parents signed a petition and handed it into the school because they are not happy. They're like, we don't know if y'all need to fire the school principal Fire the board or what you need to do. But child, I don't even have my notebook on me, but I was writing and taking notes. And I was like, oh my God, I can barely keep up. There's so many issues that when I write this piece, I have got to break it up into segments. I tell you no word of lie. I need to talk about, which we have discussed on the show before, the past academic failings, they have another inspection coming up. Not a single parent believes they're going to pass that inspection. Change in uniform policy, 
mental health and wellness of the students. I mean, I got one whole, this is going to be a long, this might be part one and part two. That is how much is going on over there. I was shocked. And I thought to myself, but geez, um, you know, my daughter's only five and I'm already thinking about what schools to put her in. And I mean, I have to think about it because she's on waiting list and Lord knows she might not even get in. So I'm just like, I'm starting to stress a little bit because September's right around the corner. And uh, triple C is not on my list <laughs> for more reasons than one. Three sequential um, failures in terms of reports academically. You couldn't pay me to send my school there. I'm sorry, my child there. I'm just saying. But these parents, boy, they've been holding on. They've been hoping for better days. Mm -mm -mm. What a hot mess. And now they're, they're getting fed up. They are having enough. They have signed a petition. One of the interesting things about Triple C, and I want to say that this is where the crux of the problems begin. It is an academic institution that is completely built on the church. So even board members, you cannot be a member of the board, apparently, if you don't if you're not a member of the church. And in some instances, it just don't make no sense. So they had a vice principal, I understand, who is really, really good, or she was good. She applied for the principal job and the only reason they wouldn't give it to her is because she doesn't attend that church. She's a Christian and attends another church but because she doesn't attend and it's the, it's a church of God chapel. That's the one on Walker's road, right? That used to be my church. You know, I'm a, I, I, um, I think that's kind of like where we used to go back in the day. So like my aunt in Tampa, she's a church of God. Um, denominational member. So a church of God chapel on Walker's road. There's one bought in town. Um, yeah, man, this is where we used to go. So it seems like their inability to have any separation of church and state has led to a failing school, not church and state, but church and school, has led to a failing school. Hmm. It's interesting because when I thought about it on the principles of religion alone, God would not approve of this. God would not say, um, keep me in your school so much that you're actually failing and you're more focused on some of the most ridiculous things than on the education of your children. How are your children going to get scholarships and go anywhere? And when people see triple C on their resume, they're like, even employers probably like, you want to triple C? Well, we better give you a basic math test because we don't know if you can really pass it. I really feel like this is the genesis of their problems. I didn't know that Roy Bodden, which I'm going to reach out to the board, was actually head of the board for the church and head of the, I guess, something up, he's some high ranking person, like he runs the church and the school. I'm like, he does? I didn't know that. Well, my dear child, they're not happy. The kids are psychologically being impacted. Their mental health is being impacted by all that's been going on. 
Now, the current school principal, I understand she's been an educator for some 20-odd years. Now, just because you're an educator doesn't make you a good leader. So, you know, you can be a good teacher maybe. I don't know. But that doesn't make you a good school principal. It doesn't make you a good communicator. There's so many interesting things that I wonder if these schools and I guess the church in this instance just don't even understand. Well, they need Jesus to take the school bus. They really need some help over there. One of the things that the new principal, she's just been there since January. And here we are, January the 1st. Here we are, March the 22nd. And the parents are already calling for her to resign and get out of there. Now, that's a record. And one of the things, and I don't know if she's being driven by the board, because a lot of people speak about her attitude being wrong. But they're trying to implement some changes, I guess, ahead of the September um, inspection. No oversight for the school, by the way. Uh, they're not doing certain things. Parents are complaining. Parents are even going to the education ministry, the Department of Education. They're like, you know, you guys, the reports keep failing them. But who ensures outside of the reports that the schools are held accountable? They're getting government funds, et cetera, et cetera. And apparently, I'm told there's no oversight from education. So, yes, private institutions could be failing your kids. And, well, nobody's going to do anything about it. They're going to just tell you in their report that you're failing. Here's how you're failing. You need to fix it. But there's no recourse, no remediation, nothing. What if the school gets shut down? I'm like, is that a possibility? If they get a fourth report, will government shut this school down? That's 500 kids that are going to go where? It's a hot mess over there. But you know, Oftentimes in the Cayman Islands, people do not speak up. People are being abused. They're in situations that they're unhappy about, whatever. I want to take my hat off to the parents who have said, these are our children. We care about them. We want them to succeed in life. They need every opportunity to do so. And as a result of what we see, we're not happy and we're signing this petition. Now, I can tell you a lot more parents wanted to sign the petition than the 130, but they're afraid of retribution. They're afraid of their kids being punished. They're afraid of, I guess, maybe the church kicking them out of the church. I don't know what the church is going to do. The church can't steal your soul, folks. And like I said, Jesus wouldn't be happy with the situation. He wouldn't want your kids to be suffering. And so even if you're driven by God-based principles, I do have to wonder what's really going on here. Sabrina said the kids uh, keep saying that the new principal is rude. She doesn't even say good morning back when the kids say hi. I heard that over and over and over and over again. Sabrina also says heard CMR was mentioned and the board quickly find time to meet with the parents. Well, if that's what it takes, honey child, that's what we're here for. Because some of y'all don't. Can I tell you what happened over immigration yesterday? A guy was in there and somebody pulled him up. Um, sir, give me your phone. You're not allowed to take pictures in here. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not taking a picture. Um, I think because he was getting a message. You know, some people have it flash when the message comes in. 
because it's on silent and whatever. And so I think it was doing that. They thought he was trying to take a picture. But the most important thing is the person said, we don't want you taking up pictures and sending it to CMR. And he was like, what? So someone overheard this and they called me laughing. They're like, Sandy, I don't know what you're doing to these people, girl, but you got them scared. And I said, well, I wish they'd be scared enough to actually do their jobs <laughs> instead of trying to confiscate people's phones. Like, just be scared into doing your job. You understand? So, yes. Woo, what a mess over Triple C. I'm going to put up this story and then I'm going to dissect on a separate show dedicated to just Triple C what has been happening. Because they need to get it together. For the sake of your children, the parents are begging you. They're, they're willing to support you where they can. They're not trying to undercut you. They're like, we love this school. A lot of them are talking about the history of multi-generational you know, members of their family going to Triple C and they want to support the school. But they're like, I can't support a school at the risk of losing my own child academically or otherwise. So I can't blame them. I'm like, good for you. Now, when I first got there, there was only one father there. And I said, where are the men? Fathers, y'all need to start speaking out. Two more fathers came after that. So there's a total of three fathers. And I was like, listen, I know y'all daddies be like, oh, no, leave it to the mommy, especially when it's like trouble brewing, right? Y'all like, no, I can leave that to my wife. She can handle them. She does everything with the kids. Um, your children need to see you as fathers standing up and saying, you know what? I care about my child too. And I'm not going to just be there for the baseball games and the soccer games. I'm going to be there for their education. I'm going to sign that petition. So um, hats off. Uh, Gabby says St. Ignatius is the best or maybe because I went there. I'm, uh, yes, I'm biased. Mm, probably. Um, he is the chairman of the board, Jared, and he's apparently the chairman, like he leads the church as well, which I had no idea. Like I said, I haven't been to that church and oh my gosh, I still know what the inside of the church looks like. I don't think it's probably changed that much, but I have not been there in a really, really long time. Because like I said, my aunt, we were, we were church of God. So when she would come to visit, like when I lived in the States and we'd visit, we'd go with Miss Margaret and Amanda and We'd all go to church, one big pretend happy family. Child, you remember as kids when you had to dress up to go to church? You had to put on the little white stockings and the this and that and had to get your hair a little braided and all kind of stuff. Oh, I kept saying one day, can I just go to church in pants? And I was like, no, you can't wear pants. Speaking of which, this is like a thing at the school. Like they don't want the kids, they don't want the girls to... um to wear pants. I'm like, is this 1822 or 2022? Girls can't wear pants? And the stuff that they're focusing on, how is that going to impact their academics? Like the whole thing is really weird. Like some of it, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around. Jonathan says some of these churches need to be converted into like, <laughs> Jonathan, why are you always causing trouble? Because some of the biggest sinners in the world go to church. But, you know, they say church is for sinners. It's not for the saints. You go there to get the good gospel, honey child, to try and turn it around. Talking about turning it into a nightclub, my goodness. Moya says, I feel the same way, girl. It's not only you. 
when I compare my education progression at St. Ignatius compared to the public school's curriculum, I was sad for my kids. Mm -mm -mm. Just because it's a private school don't mean it's better than public schools either, you know, because I got to be honest with you. When I first moved back to Cayman, there's somebody in my family who they had gone to, um, to a private school and I would like see them writing and listen to them and stuff. And I'm like, I went to a public school in the U.S., which I think is a little bit of a different experience because we still had AP classes and all that kind of stuff, right? And I was like, what, what, what is Cayman's? This is what, when I first moved back, I was like, what is Cayman's private schools pumping out in terms of intellectual capacity? Because I didn't really see anything that impressed me. I can't remember what school they went to though, to be honest. And of course, there's a lot of factors. Not every student is going to be performing. Like not every student is going to be a writer or know how to put together a basic sentence. But, you know, when you're paying for your children's education and you've got these huge tuition fees, which, by the way, they're going up across the board and, and triple C is no exception, triple C going up again. You need to hold your institutions accountable. So be there for your children because there will be no greater advocate than you as a parent. So I love that these parents have signed this petition and they are like, listen, we're not joking with you all. You need to get it together. And if that means firing the principal or whatever it's going to take, then do it. I think they need to fire the board if I want to tell you all the truth. I believe the issue starts with the board. Now, all of a sudden, they can have a PTA meeting which, by the way, is happening. So if you're a triple C parent, make sure you don't miss this. I'm going to post this up on CMR because I want every parent to be there. Next week, Tuesday. They did not even tell the parents at triple C that they currently do not have, you know, it's called the PTA. It's like the Parent Teacher Association. There's no P in the PTA. It's just a TA. Because there's been no parent rep since I think September is what somebody said. And all this time, they didn't notify anybody because apparently the P that they had, the parent that they had went to the first meeting. She quit the PTA, pulled her child out of triple C and left. And they didn't bother to replace her, but they continued to have meetings. I was like, say what? Since October, thank you. I'm like, are you kidding me? That don't make no sense. So scratch out the P, it's a TA meeting. <laughs> Teachers Association. It's a school association meeting. I was like, no, man, y'all not easy. Mm -mm -mm. Get it together, Triple C. Because uh, they're telling the, the, the students that, um, the parents, that they're, you're, you're getting an increase in fees and you're paying this money and that money and whatever to keep the doors open. This is more than, that's the rudest comment that I've heard, really. But apparently, yes, that principal is, is rude from what I've heard. And I'm going to talk about some of the comments that she's been made when we dissect this, hopefully, in tomorrow's program. Y'all are paying these high tuition fees to keep the doors open. No, actually, we're paying it for you to try to educate our children to a high standard. You see, this now, the rudeness of some of these school principals and administrators is really where it makes you wonder like, what? Do you not know that we're paying your salary? You work for us as parents and our children? 
So I am glad they're stepping up. So apparently, I guess this morning, they must have sent this out saying, oh, there's going to be a general PTA meeting. Y'all better make it an extra general, extraordinary meeting, my dear, because y'all need help. Uh, spread the word. Every single parent at Triple C, y'all better be there. It's going to be held at the multi-purpose hall. You can attend by Zoom. Don't be going by no Zoom. Show up. 5.30 to 7, light refreshments served, and the board of directors will be in attendance. Send the clear message to the board that you actually care about the education of your children. Because if y'all get another failing report, come September, what is going to happen? That's right. Cherish says they need to address the issues in the inspector's report and stop focusing on foolishness. But the foolishness that goes on there is like, wow. So Ms. Sue says it's better than prep two. What is? Um, listen out. We can talk about prep with certain issues, but academically, y'all can't touch prep. I don't care what y'all want to say. Academically, if I had a choice academically of where to send my child, it would be prep because they are on top of it. Ugh. Sabrina, we're going to talk about the hair and the pants and the 200 and something dollar jackets that they want parents to buy and all that foolishness. We're getting there. Daisy says, yes, Sandra, we're fed up with all what's going on. My son is so disappointed with what's happening that he wants you to be there when they plan to meet the parents at the next meeting on Tuesday. Well, I'm going to be there. It's not my school. Uh, like I said, I'm not sending Gianna there, but I will be there because this is the Cayman Islands. We have a very small community. We only have so many schools. And I have to, as a parent, support parents at Triple C, at PrEP, at CIS, at, at John Gray, all over the place. We're going to talk about John Gray in a second, but I do have to run to meetings. I'm going to end the show a little bit early today. So yes, Sabrina says, expose them. Maybe this way they'll get their act together. It's unfortunate that it even has to come to this because as I've said before, you guys know that by the time people come to me, they have normally exhausted all other options and they feel like they're going in circles and they're getting nowhere. It's really, really sad. Yvette says the mental health of the kids is being greatly impacted and kids are afraid to go to school. Can you imagine? But parents are saying that. Parents are like, my kid used to run and was happy to go to school. And now he doesn't even want to go. He or she does not want to go. This is just wrong. Honestly. So I'm begging y'all to please get it together. So here's somebody else says, I, I went to what is now St. Ignatius. In my time, it was Our Lady of Perpetual Health Preparatory School. Really? That long name? Um, it was run by the Franciscan missionary sisters and Jesuit priests. They were strict. The curriculum was rigid and the school had an excellent reputation. Now it seems that the fees are high and the standards have fallen. So sad. Um, this person says, hi, good morning, Miss Sandra. Asking you have a gift card for fosters. Mm, as I'm in need. Also have someone staying with me with cancer. So in need of some grocery as he could eat certain things, please let me know if you can help. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with this person is this person keeps needing gift cards and I keep saying what you need is a job, not, not continual gift cards. People can only give you so many gift cards, honey child. So, of course, one of the concerns is that um, parents at Triple C, I'll read this comment on tomorrow's show, um, are thinking about pulling, and some have already pulled their children out of the school. So, this is sad because the, the, the more kids that you um, have coming out of the school, the tougher it's going to be and everyone, even in terms of keeping the school afloat. But they're having a little bit of a mass exodus. So, uh, board, y'all better pay attention. You need to pay attention to what's happening. All right, let's leave it there. Um, thank you, Joanna says, thank you, Sandra, utterly disgusted by the reasoning behind the increase to keep the school doors open. Maybe they should close them because they're indeed failing their kids in more ways than one as identified in the E, the OES reports and the reports are not, they were not good. Okay. Give me hopefully until tomorrow. I've got, I've got this business meeting. It's really, really important at 10 o'clock. I'm going to get there in time and be, you know, prepared. So um, let's let's see if hopefully by tomorrow I've had an opportunity to go through all. It's it's a lot, like I said. I'm really not exaggerating when I tell you it's a lot. Um, and you know we can have an opportunity to review everything with a view to um, with a view to. Um, having a much fuller discussion on these things. It's sad. The parents want a change, Triple C. And this is already March. How are you going to turn the curriculum around between now and September to get better results than you have for the past three reports? I don't really know. That sounds almost impossible. But we believe in prayer. But more importantly, we believe in works. So if y'all get to work and focus on the important stuff, like the curriculum-based education, and not worrying about how many ponytails the little girls have their hairs in, they're telling them that they can't braid their hair. Now here, this how, how ridiculous they've gotten. You can have one ponytail and maybe two braids, but you can't. I'm like, what? If you have a child like my daughter, you know how much child, how much hair that child got? And you only want me to put it in one braid? Occasionally we try to do that, but hello, the child has a lot of hair. It's more manageable and it stays better if I can braid it like in, not me, because I can't even braid it, truth be known, and not me braiding it. Rocio. (laughs) Oh God, Rocio going on vacation and Lord knows, I don't even know what I'm going to do while she's away. Gianna's hair is going to look like a hot mess. But folks, that's just stupid. 
if my child has like more braids, I, I, I don't even understand the point. Something, something is wrong with when you're hyper-focused on that type of ridiculousness. But no amendments to the curriculum, no professional development for your staff. Like the things you need to be focused on, Triple C, you're losing the plot. You've lost the plot. So this person says Triple C has gone to shit since Jennifer Allen left. Richardson came in and ruined everything. So sad to see as a third generation graduate. And this seems to be the general consensus of what is going on at the school. Yes, you can only put your, your child's hair in a ponytail. I was like, who who y'all say this principal is? Is she a commandant? Does she understand certain things about what? I was like, no, man, y'all, they don't got sense. It is stupidness. No, sir. Jacure got six years imprisonment in Holland. What did he do again? I'm trying to remember, child. I can't keep up with all them people and their foolishness all over the world. I'll let Renee know. Renee does um, regional news. I'll put her on the job. Anyway, folks, um, it, it is a mess. And, uh, you know, some, some of the parents were even like, listen, my child has ethnic hair, you know, like most Caribbean people. And I just don't even understand what it is that they're asking us to do. It don't make no sense. They need help. And I think Jesus got to take not just the bus. He got to take the school bus and the whole school at this rate. So let's talk about it tomorrow. Since I'm obsessing about hair a little bit this morning, I mean, look at this and tell me. How many of y'all think that we could be putting this in one little braid? This is so much hair. You have no idea. And the child is only five years old. Honestly, this time she got it put in two. But even that child is a lot. Most times we do like four, even five, sometimes six. Because the little plots are so thick. Oh, man. Imagine telling this child, oh, you can only wear your hair in one. I know one thing. That wouldn't even last a day. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. You braid it in multiple braids because it's easier. It'll keep longer. I don't have no pile of money to be going to, to take this child salon every single day, get hair done. Like I said, I'm handicapped when it comes to doing that. I will admit my failings, even as a mother, my shortcomings are definitely going to be in the hair department. But you know how I see it? Make a professional deal with it because Rocio can do it in about half an hour. Me, I'd be in two hours and still struggling. And the child would be upset with me. I'm going to get frustrated. And I think to myself, we could be reading a book. We could be having quality mommy-daughter time together. Instead of me stressing about your hair, put it in as many little braids as you want. Triple C, I'm begging you to get it together. It's, it's really not funny. I, um, I don't think so. You know, Gabby's saying is that school mostly white because someone that has experience with black people. No, and the principal is Caymanian. She's black. <laughs> 
So no, that's not who's making that. Yeah, that's why I was like, some of the comments that she's made, I'm like, what? But she's a Caymanian? Mm -mm. It don't make no sense. They, they might have to fire this new one too, from the looks of it. Anyway, folks, um, thank you guys very much. Yeah, we're going to talk more about the whole hair situation because it, it really is. It's gone overboard. It doesn't make any sense. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is just the tip of the iceberg as it relates to Triple C. It's sad. It's disappointing. And I know these parents ride hard for Triple C, folks, because when we did the, the report, I think it was last year, the year before, I saw y'all in the comment section, triple C is a great school, triple C is this, triple C is that. And um, y'all really rode hard for them. So I know the parents love this school. But as we can see, it's going to take more than love. It's going to take more than a church affiliation. And it's going to take more than a board that appears to be disconnected from reality. Tune in tomorrow, folks. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 